Welcome to the AR-15 Podcast. AR-15 Podcast. This is the podcast about your favorite black rifle. This show is for you if you're building your first AR or you've been building ARs for years. There is something we can all do to take our black rifle to the next level. This episode of the AR-15 Podcast brought to you by Extant Labs. Check them out at extantlabs.com for all your gun lubrication needs. Micro ball bearings that take care of your everyday carry firearms or your defense rifles. I mean, the science behind this stuff, lungs were almost put to jeopardy. In the Mad Scientist's Garage, putting this stuff together, Matt and Derek doing an awesome job bringing this product to market. Check it out, extantlabs.com, a proud sponsor of the AR-15 podcast. Well, everybody, welcome to another edition of the AR-15 podcast. On uh, this episode, JD and I are going to be talking to Chris and Chad from Palmetto State Armory. So, Chris, Chad, how are you guys doing? Doing great. Doing well. Well, we are glad to have you on the show, and I want you to know that we have been trying to get you guys on the show for what three years now, four maybe. It's well, this is not this is not these guys, Chad and Chad and Chris. This is not them. Defend um, us, JD. Yes, Defend I, us. I'm, I'm going to jump in here because um, I was stood up to the prom about four times Uh-oh. by a former employee of uh, Palmetto State Armory. Uh, we even had a, a rifle giveaway promised by this former employee. We had several things. I mean, I believe I was promised a trip to the moon. Uh, <laughs> I believe I was promised dinner and like a limousine ride and a rifle giveaway, all sorts of things. And we had it all set out to times and stuff and no shows. And, uh, then back in, um, August, I believe a good friend of the shows, uh, Dave from new frontier armory, yep. uh, connected Chad and I. And uh, we had some conversations, and then SHOT Show start that season comes up, and Chad gets really busy, and uh, we get really busy. And uh, this has been the first time we've been able to sit down. And so Chad Chad actually reached out after SHOT Show or right before and said, let's reschedule this. Yeah. And uh, here we are. So uh, Chad and Chris made this happen, and uh, we're – that that guy who will no longer be spoke of that stood me up to the prom four times, uh, you know what? We will wipe that clean, and uh, I look forward to uh, having Palmetto on the show. And well, you know, uh, you guys, it's, it's are funny, the unicorn. JD. That's the yeah. that's the thing that I was going to go for. I was just going to say that Palmetto State's the unicorn, but apparently you've got some kind of emotional no, damage here. I've got, so. got <laughs> deep seated uh, emotional issues when it comes yeah. to this. this is, this yeah. is going to be an hour or so of healing for me. So. All right. I mean, can, can we do a rifle giveaway? Yeah. Can we do a rifle can. giveaway for the guy? Will that, will that make things better? If Dude, we go ahead just, and reach out made, with a- we'll talk about that afterwards, <laughs> but you just made my day. So that, right. that they, used be- to, they used to ask me in high school, hey, hey, why are you at prom alone? I'd say, well, who wants to grow up to be the guy still bitter about his prom dates? You know? <laughs> uh, I'm just happy to be proven. So oh. right. <laughs> no, but, uh, on a serious note, uh, yeah, it, it, you're hitting at it, but we'll say there's been some staffing changes and, uh, you know, we read through some of the questions, uh, on your Facebook page and, uh, a lot of that just ties together in the sense of Pop State Armory is a growing company. Uh, it's hard to believe where we've caught. I've been with this company five and a half years and the company's only 10 years old. And even in that time, the growth we've seen and the changes have just been extraordinary. Uh, we've had a lot of good people come through and work with us and do their best to make the company better. And we still have a lot of good people 
doing that every day, both, you know, uh, on this end and on other ends of the company. And so uh, we're, we're sorry about the standing up and we're sorry about uh, everything that uh, happened to you at prom, but we're also, <laughs> we also want to make it better and just let you know that we, we didn't make it to prom, but we thought about you the whole time. So here we are. All right. Well, JD, why don't you police some brass and uh, we'll get through our uh, prelims here and get the show started. Hey, man, our Patreon sponsors make this show possible every week, so thank you guys for that. Everybody giving at the uh, old, salty, iron sight level. That's the read level if uh, you're new to the show. Uh, he's a little old. He's a little salty, and, boy, he loves him some iron sights. Uh, Jason, Tom, uh, you guys that are giving at that level, everybody else that's given over at Patreon, uh, you can sign up over there at ar-15podcast.com. Uh, speaking of rifle giveaways, uh, we are in the final stretch of uh, our two-month giveaway with Aero Precision. We will be giving that away on the 28th of this month, uh, unless this year is a leap year. Is it leap year? No, I don't think so. I don't so. think it is. Yeah. So the 28th of this <laughs> month, um, unless we give it away on the 27th, which is my birthday, so, and, and I get to keep it, but I'll have to check with Reed on that. Yeah, that's um, a definitive no. Okay, so that's enough. <laughs> uh, so we will be giving it away then, and it sounds like we have another rifle giveaway that we'll be talking about soon. Yep. Um, so sign up at ar-15podcast.com. That's ar-15podcast.com for the rifle giveaway. Uh, you can give through Patreon and PayPal. It all goes back into the show, uh, buys equipment, pays for bandwidth, pays for the stuff that makes this show possible each and every week. So thank you so much for your support. Once again, ar-15podcast.com to support the show. Uh, with that, getting in with uh, what we've done with guns this week. So our guests are going to go first. Uh, Chad, you know, working for being a part of Palmetto State Armory, do you ever get to do anything fun with guns uh, instead of just working? Well, yeah, every day. Um, I think I may have mentioned this when we talked originally. I'm a competitive shooter. I shoot you know, three, four matches a month. Um, shoot four or five major matches a month, world shoot, you know, the national shoot. So I practice two or three times a week. Um, but the coolest thing that, that I've, I've done this week so far is, uh, the, the working on the release of the AKV. I'm not, I don't know if you're familiar with that product, but the, uh, we released a nine millimeter based off the Vichaz, um, that came out and we had some bolt issues and we had to go back and, and change it. And, um, we got the final copy of the, or the final release, um, Tuesday, and uh, we got to go and, and test fire it. It's running like a champ, but we want to make sure for 100% before we release it again that when it gets out to the public that uh, it's going to be perfect. So we got to go through yesterday, and I worked with a couple of the engineers to test fire that, and, and, and that was fun. But it, it happens a lot that way. Um, you know, the engineers and I work very close together. I'm being a gun guy. I'm kind of unique as I'm senior leadership in a, a major manufacturer now and our online retail, and I'm also a competitive shooter. Um, so a lot of the things that we do when, when we have product releases like that, those guys will bring me in and we'll, we'll test fire together and kind of do a little bit of a rundown. So that's the coolest thing I've got to do this week with a firearm besides my normal training dry fire practice. I do that about 30 minutes a day. So, um, this, as far as my workload, the uh, testing the AKV has been, it was real neat to go through that process yesterday afternoon. Chris, what about you? Yeah, um, I, well, Chad's my boss, so I have to position myself in a way where I have to say that work's not always fun. Uh, but if I was being honest with you, there are times where you just sit down and, you know, this week, um, you know, I was down in, um, in the engineering facility and I just, I, I don't have an engineering mind and my mind doesn't work that way. So when they start talking in these, uh, measurement specs of, you know, let's cut off, 
you know, one five thou and all this stuff that makes no sense to me. Uh, it's, it's fascinating though, to stand there and watch them make guns work. And, uh, I really just enjoy that. There's times where you're doing work and you sit there and you think, man, but this is work. Like it's a lot of fun, but this is work. Um, I thought shot show was a lot of fun. I know a lot of guys and girls in the industry, a lot of people in our industry kind of say, Oh, if you've ever been to shot, you know, it's, it's not fun. It's, it's six days of work and all this and all that. But, uh, half of us almost died, Chris. Half of us almost died. I was one of those people. I got the shot show flu. Uh, you know, I didn't, I didn't fake it to get out of working at shot, uh, like some of us did. I waited till I got home and got sick. I didn't pull a chat as they're calling it around the office. Uh, no, but, but sincerely, sincerely, at the end of the day, uh, as bad of a day as you could have where somebody's, you know, I, I do all the social media for the company. I work with the e-commerce and, and marketing departments. And uh, so I blog a good bit and I, I do our social media. I bring that up to say that I'm kind of at the front, the front and brunt of a lot of the comments and, and negativity, which can sometimes be well-deserved. You know, if we do something wrong, we have to hear about it. Um, and, and we can't fix it if we don't know about it. Right. So uh, all that is to say, that it reaches a point where even on your worst day, where everybody's yelling at you, uh, you're able to kind of sit back and say, yeah, but you know, I got to go to work today and sell guns to people. I got to go to work today and, and take fun pictures and make fun videos and talk to people about guns. And uh, and there's really no complaining about that at the end of the day. You're cashing a check to do something that's just enjoyable overall. So um, I, I hope that was a good enough answer. But, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a good time. Well, I tell Reed, you what. what about you? You know, I'm I'm zeroing in on a caliber for my uh, my Texas build. I haven't I haven't quite nailed it down, but I'm I'm kind of looking at maybe a uh, what is it a 458 SOCOM? I think that's what mm. I'm we got one of those coming. Do you? Yeah, mm-hmm. that's on our list. Well, I am I'm trying to build out a rifle on an arrow uh, precision uh, receiver set that's uh, a Texas sure. themed receiver set. So I have, oh, nice. to, I have to make it special because you know that's it's, that's my home. Okay, so, yeah, I that's where my mom's side of family from. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And you Texas people are proud of your state. Oh hell yeah, <laughs> yeah. absolutely. Are you offended that California also calls itself the Republic? Do you get oh, mad about that? No, because it was. Because of Texas, it, we freed California from Mexico. <laughs> you got that right. That's yeah, we funny. just figured out we didn't want it anymore and gave it away. <laughs> Can you do that again? Uh, I wish. I think that's a that's no. a federal issue now. We're yeah. kind of out of the getting rid of California because we don't like them. Business. I think there's some, you know, not to derail too much, but I think there's some serious legs to this idea. You know, it's something we talk about amongst ourselves where – Obviously, there's this demand for compliant rifles, um, and uh, I think there's some serious legs the more I listen and watch to this idea that the people of California, the vast majority of them, love America, love freedom. Uh, they believe in individual rights, and this idea that maybe we can just take L.A., and make it its own thing, like California, <laughs> you know, dosed and make that that. And yeah. then the rest of California can go back to being free. Um, that'd be awesome. Uh, but anyway. so. You know who that brings to mind is uh, somebody I met at SHOT Show, uh, Bart, with Patriot Pin. They're doing actually yeah. some pretty cool. Have you heard of them? I've heard of them. I'm not super familiar, uh, but yes. They're doing some pretty innovative things to be able to keep Black Rifles there. And actually, the largest listenership to the show, uh, number two is the great state of Texas. 
number one is California. So well, that's because we provide the Californians that can't have guns with their daily or weekly share of gun porn and gun information. <laughs> <laughs> so that and they're they hungry for fantasize. it, though. Yeah, they'll fantasize but, about guns. We just, uh, <laughs> to help them. They're hungry for it. I, and I think that that is kind of the point I was trying to make is it's so funny that there's that small concentration of people and not to geek out too much. But what a great example of the beauty of federalism versus democracy versus, uh-huh. you know, there's a reason we're not a democracy. There's a reason we're a republic and federalism works so well is because you look at California kind of as a, you know, a micro example of that. And uh, you see this strong concentration of people who disagree with what I believe is the vast majority of people in their state, but they strangle their rights to do what it is they obviously want and believe they should be allowed to do. And they should. So hopefully they change. That's what we say. Hopefully you guys can get out there and change it. Well, listen, why don't we go ahead and uh, talk about our uh, main topic. Hey man, what what about me? Well, wait a minute. Oh yeah. You skipped over me. You're you're doing something this week? Yeah. I I thought you were busy running the show. (laughs) Well, I am running the show. I, uh, I picked up another social media client, so I'm pretty stoked about that. Uh, I run social media for. What if it was Palmetto State Armory? And this is your way of telling me I just got fired. <laughs> I've been brought in. No. Chris, if you could look straight into the camera for a second. No, I'll make your badge. Uh, not, not, yeah, not that, uh, not that account yet. Not yet. Uh, but, uh, I'm picking up a couple of, uh, social media accounts for firearms companies and running it awesome. for them. Uh, so, uh, doing that as a side hustle as I'm, uh, looking for another gig and radio uh but uh also want to take this time uh a good friend of the show um that has been with us pretty much from uh the time i started here um who has supported the show and done some pretty amazing things and will probably kick my rear end for even mentioning it uh whether you're a person that is uh positive thoughts or good vibes or you're a person of prayer i would ask you to pray for this uh guy uh, and his family and his two kids. Uh, he is facing some huge challenges right now. And uh, he would probably whoop my ass uh, right now if he knew I was even uh, mentioning this. But uh, he needs some help. So uh, whatever kind of person you are, whether it's a person of prayer, whatever good vibes, thoughts, whatever it is, uh, I don't care who you believe in or what you believe. Uh, this guy has been a good friend to our show. And on a personal note, uh, last year was a cluster for me. And, uh, this guy, along with, uh, my co-host here, Reed, uh, stood next to me when, uh, things got rough and a lot of people bailed and took off. So, um, man, this guy is, uh, as good as they come. So, uh, if you would, uh, say thoughts, prayers, good vibes, whatever it is for him and his family, I would greatly appreciate it. And, uh, uh we're hoping the best for him. So on that note, uh, man, just, uh, some things suck in this world and, this is one of those situations. Oh, yeah. I agree. Well, so uh, JD, why don't you talk about our sponsor and we'll get ready with our main topic. All right. Uh, ammo.com, teaming up with the show on your uh, next order of $200 or more. You can save 20 bucks. Support the show. Get your ammo and save $20 on your next order of $200 or more when you use our link, ammo.com slash AR15 podcast. That's ammo.com slash AR15 podcast. And now into our main topic, which is 
why Palmetto Arm- State Armory stood me up for the prom four times. <laughs> <laughs> the beard. <Yeah. laughs> really? The beard? <laughs> you you uh, willingly handed me an MP5 yeah. out of the case yes, sir. with the I beard. Did. With did. the beard. Yeah, but have you ever kissed a man with a beard? Um, <laughs> man, loaded question. My family is from Missouri, so uh, I'm just going back to the prom, man. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. So here's here's uh here's my question: How did it all start? How did Palmetto State Armory come from the beginning? Um. That's the question that I want to know. I want to dig in deep. You know, when people order from you guys today, what you guys have become from today, uh, where did the idea come from and how did it come to fruition? It's it's kind of an amazing story, um, honestly. And there, if you go on our YouTube channel, Chris did a great job uh, sitting down with our owner, my boss, who I think very highly of. Um, he started this in his garage. He uh, came back. He had PTSD. He was an accountant by trade. He's a CPA. Um didn't like, I guess, the idea of sitting at a desk and kind of being well, confined. Yeah. And um, decided to start a, a little ammo company out of his garage. And, uh, you know, it, the journey that he took is something that I don't know that I would have had the ability to do. I mean, he took a gamble. It was an audacious move, that was for sure. I mean, it was, you know, straight. He, he hung it out there and said, hey, this is what I'm going to do, and, and I'm going to be the biggest I can be at it. And um, 10 years later, here we are. But, um it started with a very humble beginning in, in his garage, uh, shipping ammo with a guy that's still with us to this day, Jonathan. You know, he, mm-hmm. he's employee number three besides, well, four besides Josiah and, and um, outside of family. Right? Outside of family. Yeah. But he had been employee number one outside of family, and uh, right. he helped our website, grew it. Um, and it's, it's if, if you go to that store, I can't, I, I don't want to use a lot of this time to talk about it because it's already been documented that our stories kind of got the whole mm-hmm. list, but. Um, one of the things he, he started getting into the AR parts on accident. He was buying ammo and um, some buffer tubes, I believe it was, came in in a box. And he said, hey, let's throw them online and sell them. And he was uh, cheaper than anybody else at the time. And <clears throat> he sold those buffer tubes and buffer tubes led to other parts. And then other parts led into the parts kits and parts kits led to uppers and lowers. And, and um, you know, here we are. So. Yeah. Uh, that's that's really the way it started. Uh, he was he uh, came out of, like again he came out of the military and wanted to do something for himself and not be tied to a desk and and uh, he he dug through the trenches until he got to where we are today. I think I, I want to add one important note. Um, the Jamin and this is in the video, so I'll just gloss over it real quick. But it's important. Uh, Jamin didn't just decide I'm not going to do this anymore. He was literally blown up yeah. while fighting a war. And couldn't concentrate. He has a, a master's in taxation, so it's not like he's not a thoroughly educated man. And he uh, came back and said, "This isn't holding my attention. And if I'm going to make a living and be good at it, I better find something that's holding my attention." And when he joined the military, his goal in joining the military really was to just get paid to shoot guns. And so he thought, "Well, I bet I could get into the gun arena and make something out of that." Um, so. You know, that's that's what he did. And yeah, like Chad said, I mean, it kind of harkens back to what we talked about a few minutes ago. And, and then you know, that was 10 years ago. That's 2008, 2008. Wow. So, you know, this is our 11th year of operating. Last year, we celebrated our 10th anniversary. And imagine that you've gone from out of someone's garage selling whatever it was, these small parts, to a website that sees 
tens of thousands of unique visitors every day. And we're shipping four to 6,000 yeah, orders we, we a day 40, right now. Yeah, we were right at 5,000 yesterday. So we're averaging 200 orders per hour going out the door. Uh, that is phenomenal. So we're, we're proud of that. We're, we're happy, and obviously we're growing and, and ironing out some wrinkles along the way, but that's the way it works. And he, he really, another point that he, he he's dead adamant on, and you, you can't really say it's a sales pitch because I know the guy personally. Um, he, wants to pers- he wants to push as much freedom to this country as possible. He wants the AR-15 to be common owned, right? It's a commonly yeah. accepted platform. And, you know, some of our pricing reflects that. He, if, if he can make a little margin on it and sell in quantity, and get as many of those pesky AR-15s out that the left loves so much. Um, he is going to do whatever he can to can to push that freedom as, as deep and wide as he can. And um, you know that that's his. It's not a sales pitch. I mean, that's truly what he believes in his heart. Is he wants the AR-15 platform as as wide open as we can have it, and as in many hands of people who can afford it is absolutely possible. He is absolutely kick that in the face. I mean, yeah. he is, he is done a good job. We have sold a lot of AR platform rifles in, in the last 10 years. So I, I think he's doing exactly what he set out to do. And um, we're going to, we're here to make it better. I mean, it, you know, a couple of years ago, there really wasn't anybody, like you said, to your point, you got stood up. I apologize for that again. Um, <laughs> but I mean, to, we never were, I mean, we were kind of a, um, just a, a, a black box, if you will. You know, there was nobody that, really came out and, and defended PSA products. There was nobody, and he, that's not his thing. He, he doesn't like that side of it. Um, he knows it's there, and he knows it has to be done. But he didn't know how to go about reaching the masses, so to speak, because he grew so fast. I mean, you're trying to run a multi-million-dollar business with all these different wings and your growth, and we're buying companies, and you, where do you spend your time? You know, And his time was to get the rifle to the public. And what we're doing is we're coming behind going, okay, how do we make the customer service experience better? How do we make the shipping experience better? How do we get out to you guys and have conversations? You know, I'm doing, you know, we're doing gun talk radio. We did that mm-hmm. the podcast and, and shot show. We're trying to be more of a um, people oriented company now. More accessible, more yeah. accessible. And and we, you see us on Facebook, you see us on uh, Instagram, you know, uh, AR15.com is a big platform. Josiah handles that for us. It's Jamin's brother. Um, there's just a lot of different mediums now in the last probably two years where we've really tackled those those mediums head on so that we do have a face. We do have a little bit more of a, a, a personal feel to us. Well, let me um, ask so, you some I, questions. So in terms of sure. like that growth, you know, yep. that curve. So um, when did it look like somebody lit the match on the fuse and you guys just took off? Was that like in the first couple of years or was it like kind of, you know, the, the grind of just holding on and all of a sudden it took off, you know, somewhere there in the was, middle? Uh, there was this man who took the oath of office named Barack Obama. And right <laughs> after that, it just skyrocketed. I mean, you know, Jamin will tell you, it's not a secret he tries to keep that we're one of the luckiest companies in the world because the year he started yep. uh, was the year Obama took office and, um, I joke about it a lot, but it's half true. If you ever want to do really well at something, uh, invent a product that the people love and the government hates. And (laughs) as soon as you can find that medium, you'll sell a whole lot of it. But in between all that, um, so you have, you know, the, uh, the election of Barack Obama, you have the unfortunate tragedies that followed that. Um, and there was so much chatter about we need to make this item illegal. 
despite the fact, and I won't get too far into it, but despite the fact these items weren't used in the tragedies they were exploiting to make them illegal, still the talk was, well, what do we do about modern sporting rifles and and how do we prohibit the people from having those? And so that just created a mad rush. We're in a very unique position as well that if you come to Palmetto State Armory, you don't have to just buy our stuff. You know, you can buy uh, our rifles or a Daniel Defense or a Springfield Armory or a Ruger or all these great companies that make great products. We'll ha- we're happy to buy from them and sell to you. Uh, and so that allowed our business to maintain and to thrive. And while that business was thriving, uh, on the other side, what's not seen publicly is we were beginning to kind of vertically integrate our model where uh, the idea was, okay, so now we're able to kind of assemble and create a great rifle, but how do we make it ourselves? Because right. if we can get to a point where we're making this ourselves, our prices can keep you know getting lower and lower, but we can maintain, as we always have, that 100% lifetime warranty. So that if there is any sort of issue, all you got to do is reach out and we fix it. So how do we get all that to marry happily together? Um, and so all of that was happening throughout the exponential growth, but the exponential growth was really simply put supply and demand. Uh, there was such a high demand because of the political climate and we were able to supply and that allowed us to be as successful and, as we and, have you know, During those periods, we didn't gouge. I mean, there were some of our competitors that were, right. they were, you know, $80 box of bricks of 22 ammo and yeah. $60 Mac pools. And I mean, it, we didn't do it. I mean, we never, we never, we never tried to increase our pricing to, to accommodate some type of a tragedy or, or market. We just, if they sold out, they sold out. We got another shipment. We did the same thing again. So I think we won a lot of respect for people through that period. Um, the, the last, I've only been with the company for about two and a half years. And this year, uh, really just an explosive growth. You'll talk about, I mean, we're at SHOT Show and we hear people having issues every day in the retail space. And um, man, I, we're 65% up. I mean, right. we're, we've, we've had a tremendous growth this year. And we would have expected to slow down based on models. I mean, everything, you, when you work with an accountant, you understand how to look at reports and data and models and year to year, year to date, same date to week and that kind of thing. And um, everything would have looked like by now we had to calm down and we're not. You know, we had a 4,000 order Monday. So, I mean, um, it's the growth. There, there really wasn't a time, I guess you could say, it was just this explosive thing. It's just, it's kind of went steady. And then as we start cleaning up some of our processes, um, to, to do things like helping customer service, help shipping, help things like that. I mean, this year was the first year that you ordered on Black Friday that you got your shipment and sometimes two shipments before Christmas because we were so, we did a lot of things in the shipping side to help it up. We were within five to seven days on most orders. So um, I, things like that, I think, helps build the consumer confidence and it's just making us stronger. So we, we, we did see that boom through the last 10 years, but we've really seen a tremendous amount of growth the last two years, um, even even more so than we would have if you were to, look at it over the course of that eight years that we were, you know, growing. You know, that kind of brings to mind, I guess, two issues. And I guess the first one is, and it would seem to me, and, you know, my background kind of lends me, you know, some behind-the-curtains exposure. When you take off like a rocket, you're playing catch-up every day. And I'm guessing that if your business is growing at such a rate and it takes off, from day one and you've got all of these external uncontrollable forces coming in that are going to ultimately be of benefit to you as a business, but you still have to run the business in the interim. Sure. They kind of make life hard. So are we like in those early days, like most mom and pops, you find the success, somebody lights the fuse, you take off like a rocket, everybody's just 
trying like mad to hold on and not get shook loose. Yep. Mm-hmm. Does that explain a lot of the early hiccups that you were yes. seeing that, that people would be frustrated by? Yes. So <clears throat> when I see things on Facebook, I, I was going through your questions, and we'll probably get into that here in a second. Um, when I when I see questions like that, and I'm kind of – I've lent my, my name and my face to the, the company, so to speak, on Facebook, and I try to monitor that as much as possible. When I see people – say negative things about PSA, I ask when their last, you know, if they own a PSA, which is very important, then we'll ask, you know, when was your last experience with PSA? You know, because a lot of things in the early days, um, we did have some shipping issues. They were pretty common. We know we're not going to try to deny that. It, it just is, it is what it is. Our customer service was lacking. Um, I think when I took over, we had a tremendous amount of emails that needed to be answered. And we had like a 30% answer rate. And it was because we grew so fast we didn't necessarily have the infrastructure to support those key components. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so the last couple of years, we've been bringing in people to help strengthen those key components and things like customer service and shipping department, which is <clears throat> a big part of it. But to your point, yes. I mean, uh, when you're growing that fast and, you know, he had never ran a gun company before, you know, he, he, he knew how to run a business. He's an extremely intelligent guy. Um, but when, when you start putting all the, the pieces together and you start dealing with vendors and, and you start dealing with other manufacturers and you have this part. I mean, mill spec is mill spec kinda <laughs> right. I mean, you get one part from a supplier. It could be within mill spec completely different than a part from another supplier. So it took time to like weed out because there's nobody you can, you, there's no manual you can consult to say buy this with this to fit that at this, this time you just kind of, kind of go through it and, and you learn, I guess, Trial, trial and effort. And Isn't that uh, on-the-job training? Basically. I mean, that's, <laughs> if, if somebody – now I think now he could probably write a book on how to have a successful firearms retail and manufacturing facility yeah. uh, because we're kind of different in that way. Um, we're an online retailer that has manufacturing companies, and we'll go into that in a little bit. We have manufacturers that work directly for us that are, that, that are actually sisters to PSA, brothers and sisters to PSA. And then you, you have the, um, the retail stores – the brick and mortar store. So I don't know that there's another company that does that. Um, so th- we kind of broke the mold and, and to do that and to be able to, to innovate and um, be the top of our class, you know, we had to, we had to learn, we, we got a trial by fire. So, um, and, and now I think we're on the back side of that and I'm, you know, I'll certainly put my name out there and, and help people when I can, but um, you know, we're doing a lot better than some of the things that we've done in the past. And it wasn't, Nobody was doing that on purpose. I mean, nobody wants to have a company that that has QC issues or shipping issues right. or customer service issues. It's just you gotta when you when you start in a garage and then you you go to where we are today. There's going to be some hiccups along the way, and 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 now mm-hmm. we're at a point where we've got them on the ironing board. We're going to straighten it out. How so, many employees do you have working for you guys, roughly? I would say at this point, uh, there's a couple hundred at uh, less than five hundred. We'd be in the four to five hundred range. So, how many would be in your shipping department or order fulfillment? <laughs> I'm just, I'm just curious. So, this year, and and that's, I want to, I want to ask the question again. You know, when does the people who ask when is your shipping department going ship? Uh, it depends on the product. So, a lot of people don't know this. We'll put this out there. Our uppers are kind of built to order at this point. We sell about fifteen hundred. We build about two thousand a day. So, I mean, we're kind of, you're at a point where you're hand to mouth. You can't ever get caught up because we're selling that many. I mean, we could shut the website down for a week and try to stock up, but what is that going to help? 
Right. It's going to make uh, a lot of people mad. That's going to make a lot of people mad. And it makes people mad. We're not Amazon. And I, you know, we've talked about this. Exactly. I've, I've had, I've had, com- I've had conversations. It literally be like you ordering a, a pen from Amazon and they have to build that pen before they ship it. I mean, that's, that's what we're doing. And in most cases, we're still within three to five days. I was looking at numbers with Chris just before. That's my department. That's one of the things that I'm growing. And um, yesterday, you know, we brought in about 2,800, 3,000 orders. We shipped about 5,000. So we're always ahead of that. And we were during the holidays. Now, we did have a situation during the holidays. It, it ended up being, um, it, was a, it was a blessing and a curse kind of thing. But uh, we got back. Senior management was heavily engaged. I was heavily engaged with the shipping department. We found some things that we could we could build efficiencies on. Um, so we had about eighty people, and we were running part time. We had you know temp labor that's in there. We we I don't know that that's the best possible way throwing bodies at something that's that complex because you're talking about firearms. We're not talking about Amazon where you you accidentally ship somebody up the wrong baby powder and they send it. <laughs> We're shipping firearms and ammunition and it's got to be labeled perfectly. If you ship ammo that's not packaged properly, it busts up, you get a return, you lose your money on that product because you're, you're dealing with small margins. You know, we're, we're redefining those process, but to answer your question during the holidays this year, now I'm not talking about past years, I'm talking this year. Um, we increased a lot of efficiencies and we're at a point right now where we're doing the exact same amount. We're doing about 45 to 5,000 orders with half the employees. We went back to full-time employees, went to one shift and, um, we are doing the 5,000. The, the issue that you run into, and this is as a manager and uh, you guys, if, if you've ever been in business, you'll understand where I'm at. I can't hire top tier talent and keep them for two or three months and let them go during the summer when our orders fall in half. Right. It's just it's a situation where you try to build the strongest team that you possibly can. Like well, that's exactly what we're doing right now. We brought everybody to one shift. We got the strong department. We got strong leadership now. We hired a guy that's got twenty five years of experience in the shipping industry from our from, from we're actually shipping in our industry. Um, he's going to help build that that process up. But you build the best you can core wise, and then during the holidays you try to supplement that with with that help that or with help that can kind of help push you through the bump. Years prior to that, we just added bodies. And when you add bodies to something and you've got only a certain amount of space to put those bodies in, you end up running all over each other. So what we're doing now is we're going back. And when we do like a daily deal, and this may be more information you want to know, but it comes up a lot. So I'm going to go into detail. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. Um, So what we do is when we have a daily deal, we get a report, we look at it, we say, okay, there's mags in a bag or there's magazines in a red dot or there's whatever that two things are. They're usually daily deals or kits. Before, they may be in two areas of the warehouse. You'd have to go back and forth. It was inefficient. So what we did is we created an efficiency bin where basically those items, those like items for those daily deals are in one place. we got one person that manages it. They get them in. They get them out. Um, that was some of the efficiencies we created. So single SKUs, if you just order one product, like on our daily deal uppers, let's say we sell 500 of those. Um, they're usually, from the time that we get the orders to the time they're built, within 24 hours, we can get them out within 48, 72 under normal circumstances, but they come straight from manufacturing. They're, they're electronically picked and, and processed and they're put a label on them. They go straight to the truck. Whereas before there was this process where you'd bring them out of manufacturing, put them in a shelf and somebody would come pick it. And then somebody else would come pick another one. And somebody, we completely streamlined that. So, so we, we're, we, we did have a lot of people at one time that was inefficient. And now what we're doing is taking that in half and we're having really good employees that can do the same amount um, by creating efficiencies through our department. And if, if people who have ordered 
recently have issues. It could be anything from a serial number that's got a held up on an FFL. We got to get better, you know, uh, conversation back to consumer when that happens. Um, some FFLs let their FFLs lapse or they change address or some kind of problem with it. Yeah. They don't always say some customers don't tell the FFL it's coming. So it gets stuck in transit. I mean, we have issues with serials from time to time, like any gun company does. But as far as like what we consider our soft goods, our uppers, ammunition, magazines, daily deals and things like that, you should never get to a point where you're out more than seven days. And I've not seen a lot of cases of that. And I monitor it every day. If If we do, it could have been, you know, a, a back order or something like that, but they're very, very slim now. Um, even during the holidays this year, you know, we did a, we were within five to seven days, which is, I think is what made our growth so big this year. You know, mm. I said before, um, you, at one time you'd order on new year's or, uh, you'd order on black Friday. You may or may not get that product before Christmas. It is what it, I mean, it's, mm. I, I watched it the first year I was there. And now we had some people that completed two to three order cycles between black Friday and Christmas day. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I, there's not a real good way. I don't think to, to, to handle that situation with a massive amount of people. It's not, I hear people all the time. You just need to hire somebody in your shipping department. Um, you gotta be smart about it. And if you're going to hire a really good talent, you can't hire them in January and February expecting a layoff in, in April or May in a small community. Cause you'll, I mean, you'll get a reputation. You'll never get those guys back. So there's, there's a fine line between, Order volume balance, I guess, if you will. You know, we're ha- we're heavy in December, November, December, January, February. We start tapering off. April, May, June, you get into the summer months. People's on vacation. Order volume goes down during that period. I'd say between April and November of every year, October, November every year, we're within two or three days shipping. There should never be an issue, um, and that was the case last year. You know, uh, Reed. Hold on. Well, something. Well, I wanted. It seems to me that. If you're also going to try to keep your margins down so that you're selling things at what you believe are fair, effective prices to, to, let's just say, accomplish the goal of getting as many out there, it's kind of hard to throw more dollars at a problem like shipping. Now, it would seem to me that if you could get higher margins, you could have a well-paid, you know, underutilized shipping department that got things out quickly, but then <laughs> right. people aren't well, going to go to you because you're, you got the best deals on the internet, are they? Right, right. And that's, that's what we are. Uh, we're a deal engine. And we're, there's some things I'm working on that we can talk about later. You know, we're doing a custom series. It's high margin. There's a lot of products or some kind of behind us that, um, that, that we'll have a little bit more attention to, but from our, our daily deal perspective, that's who we are. That daily deal defines us. Our prices define us good, bad, you know, indifferent. You know, some people love it. Some people, you know, they have skepticism about it. But um, there is a balance, and we have to constantly ride that balance. We don't want to have a lot of overtime. You don't want to have a lot of temps. You want to you want to have the best possible situation you have without having a lot of expense because you run up to expenses, you run up to cost of customer, and the consumer gets angry, and, and you go back in this this cyclic environment. That's, we're, that's what we're trying not to do. Um, so we, we want to we make people happy. So we had this discussion, uh, Reed and I this morning, and it's funny you say Amazon because I was like, they're not Amazon. This is not two day shipping. They do not have warehouses all over the United States where they can, they can bust it out. This is a smaller company. And so I was like, they've got to have, you know, they've got to be doing a couple thousand orders a day. And you're saying, you know, 4,000, 5,000 orders a day with that size of a team getting it out. I mean, in seven days is a Herculean effort. And I think, you know, 
here's what I assume happens. And it probably gets some hate mail. So if you have hate mail, uh, send it to read at AR15 podcast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, is that two E's or E I? <laughs> but here's, here's what I think happens. You know, we are, we are in a microwave society where we can get pretty much everything we want. I mean, we have Amazon Prime now where we can get it right now. Well, Amazon doesn't have to deal with firearms rules or FFL right. stuff or anything like that. And gun guys are notorious for putting together, or maybe I'm just speaking about me. Reed's meticulous, so this doesn't include him. He's probably in the 10%. We, we have a build. We have it all together, and then we realize that we left something out. And we're like, ah, well, we're going to go get it. And so you find it on a website with a good price, you order it, and then you get frustrated that it doesn't get there in the four-hour window that Amazon Prime now delivers or the two days shipping or whatever. You have to wait for it for some time. That's just not the way things are designed. Local gun shops usually don't carry a full range of supplies like the, the larger outfitters do, like Palmetto does, like Brownells and other places do. So it's kind of the lack of preparation on... Some of, I think some of it is the lack of preparation on our part does not constitute an emergency on that supplier's part. And that's what Reed and I were talking about this morning. They're not Palmetto. So when you say numbers like you're shipping out 5,000 orders a day and you're making, you know, 2,000 uppers and 1,500 of them are, you know, walking out the door every day, that's mind blowing to me. Yep. And like how, you know, another one of the questions on the site was like, um, how the price disappears when like the products off. I'm sure you guys out of stock. I mean, cause I bet they go out of stock just like that. I mean, it's like, boom. I mean, and it's done and you, somebody's got to be on that website all the time to take them down. I mean, it is just, it kind of blows my mind how much you guys actually move each and every day. Right. It's, and people don't understand that. I I think we're, we're shipping a lot more than most, I think right now in the the manufacturing space, but you know, we do want to make an effort to get 48 hours. We want to be two days. Um, I don't know that we'll ever be able to do that completely during peak season. I mean, it's just, we, but I'll tell you what we did. I did this as a motivation, uh, the week after Black Friday. I brought my, my newly crowned supervisor of shipping in my office. I said, listen, I'm going to do something. We're going to give them a bonus. If you can do 130,000 packages by Saturday, close the shift, I'll give everybody a bonus. I'm not going to say what the number was, but it was pretty significant. I said, okay, well, that's what we're going to do. We did 129,780 uh, oh. in a week. I mean, that was the, the goal was to get that many packages out of that building in a week. We'd never done it before, and uh, they did it. And what it did is it set a benchmark for what we were capable of doing with the people we had and the shifts that we had. And then from that point forward, we said, okay, what did we do? What did we do different? People people got very creative on how you streamline efficiencies when you dangle a carrot in front of them. And that's didn't cost the company a whole lot of money, but what it did is it, it kind of it – it was an ember of thought that we dropped on, on in somebody's mind, and they, they automatically – because they, they do the job, right? They're about there every day doing it. What can you do to get faster? What can you do to get more? What can you do to be more efficient? And they figured it out. And that kind of went through the whole season, and it's starting to flow into the year. So, I mean, as long as we can ship about 25% more than we orders we receive, we'll always be in the positive. And that's, that's, what, we're, that's what we're doing right now. We've got the Valentine's Day sale, which is a little unique. But if, if we're bringing in an average of 3,000 um, orders a day and we're shipping out between you know, 4,500 and 5,000, um, that puts us in a 72-hour window, like an Amazon, close to an Amazon. But um, we, we're just not. 
I mean, we, 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 we sell them up or at nine o'clock, we build at 11, we take it to the warehouse, it ships the next day. I mean, you're a lot of times it's, it's a build to buy scenario and right. um, it's, it's pretty amazing that we're doing that. I mean, to be honest with you, we've got so efficient at it that it surprises me sometimes, but um, you know, it's, it's, it is what it is. And until our order volume subsides, you know, it, armors is the same way. You just can't go and you put out a, a list for an armor. You can't get a 15 or 20 armors from a small area to come in and start building uppers and uh, have some level of, you know, high quality. You, you got to kind of build those guys to suit. And, um, you know, we're, we're working on that. But again, we don't want to hire a, a lot of excess people because we don't know what the next six months are going to bring. You know, right. uh, it doesn't look, doesn't look like it's backing off now. So we're making some efforts in, in doing it. But um, again, it's not fair to bring employees in when you're, when your volume cuts in half in the summer months. So, you know, it's, it's, it's a gamble, but to your point, yeah, we're not, we're not Amazon, but we want to try to be as close to Amazon as we can possibly get from a shipping perspective. Well, so right now, would you say that you are substantially better than you were two years ago, three years ago? Yes. hundred percent. hundred percent. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I, with numbers, I can show you with data. Um, It's not, you know, it's, it's not us just, Guessing. I mean, I can show with numbers, you know, like the, the highest we'd ever, I say two years ago, I think we were averaging about 3,500 packages ish, 4,000 with like three shifts and, and whatnot. I mean, we, again, 130,000 a week after the, the highest we had ever produced was about 85. So, I mean, that right there tells you, I mean, we're, we're substantial in that area. The customer service, I can show numbers. Um, we averaged during the holidays, we were between about 75 and 85% success rate on the phones. We never exceeded about six days on email. It, it, it is what it is during the holidays. You got peak numbers like that. Right. right now, we're answering emails on the 12th going into the 13th, um, and we're doing about a 85 to 90% answer rate on the phones. So, again, a lot of times when people, when they make those negative comments, and I, I can't account for anything that's not happened over the last two years. But a lot of times when people make those comments, if you ask the question, when was your last experience or exposure, it usually goes past two years from, from, from now. If it's something recent, I mean, I'll reach out to them personally and talk to them and say, look, you know, it's my, we, we made a mistake here. Here's, I've given away a lot of gift cards and hats and shirts and, and 10% coupons and all kinds of stuff. But, you know, when we make a mistake, we own up to it now, which is, is, uh, you know, maybe different than before. I can't, I don't, I wasn't there, so I can't really, um, uh, say exactly what was going on in their mind. But my focus, what I wanted to do and, the reason Jamin uh, originally put customer service under me, that was the first part I had after IT, was because I was a customer of PSA. I got aggravated with PSA at a time. I had shipping issues. I had, I'm had. i a gun guy. You know, beyond all everything else, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a gun guy just like you guys. I expect the customer to have a good experience when they either come to our store or they, they, they buy something online. And it's not people on Facebook complaining or people on Northcom they'll say, oh, if you didn't playing on Facebook, you'd never get it. There's countless people out there. I answered phone calls during Christmas. I got on the phone. I answered help desk issues, customer service issues. I've answered emails, put my name in there. Um, I don't mind being accessible as well, but I really want the customer to have the best experience possible. And that's the only way we're going to win this market. And we, we had, we knew about two years ago, we had to make efforts in that. And, and that's one of the things that I focused on is um, trying to make sure myself and my team and everybody around us has a 100% customer-minded focus. Um, We've even replaced stuff that, you know, customers have an oopsie every now and then, you know, sling a DTM across (laughs) the screen, uh, the door or whatever. You know, we 
we, we try to do whatever we can to help people, um, even if it's sometimes not on us. Because, again, we're we're gun guys. You know, that's, yeah. I would get upset if I lost my detent. I had a AR-15 I wanted to build and shoot next weekend. So we kind of take that into effect, and um, that's, that's the way we want to handle people. So in terms of, I guess, the future, and you know, this is always a hard question, but are you are you do you see room for improvement? Are you taking steps to improve things? Um, there, there there is still a margin that you're trying to uh, attain. Yes, we have a list. Um, <clears throat> Jamie and I just actually talked about this last week. Uh, there's a list of things that we want to do. Um, don't really have a lot of time to go into them, but the, absolutely, we're not perfect. Um, we're not going to say we're perfect. The only thing that we do perfectly is is we get as many guns as we can out to the American people who want to own them. And I think we do a great job of that. Now, to be able to get them out more efficiently, to get them out without any quality issues, to get them out with all that other stuff we have to put in, we've got a pecking order that we go through. That, um, we kind of outline to say, you know, what's next on the list. And one of the things that's ongoing this year, that we're going to spend about a million dollars in our warehouse environment. That's one of the things that we're going to do. We're going to revamp the warehouse. We just within a couple of weeks hired one of the, one of the leaders in, in the industry, as far as logistics is concerned, it's 25 years experience, great guy. Um, I think he'll deliver us to the next level, but we are making an investment in that area because <clears throat> you're not the only one who posts a comment about PSA. And within the first five questions, you get a shipping comment, right? <laughs> well, actually it's the MP5, yeah, it's MP5 and, then, then, and then the and shipping, shipping and then the shipping comment. We know that we watch that. <laughs> I'm heavily active on social media. We have to fix whatever those perceptions are. I do think it'll take a couple of years because people are still kind of going back three, four, five years ago with their experience. Um, but once we get better and we can push those numbers out there, one of the things I want to do is have a shipping calculator that'll be posted. You guys didn't know we were shipping that much. Well, neither does any other customer. During the holidays, I'd like to <clears throat> be able to show a sh- shipping calculator to show what days we're shipping on. That's one thing that'll make us better. Being more efficient will make us better. Um, hiring more armors to get more product out, that's going to make us better. So, yeah, I mean, we're not, we're, we are in no way settled with where we are today. And, um, you know, we've kind of made it clear over the last probably year and a half that um, we want great talent. We want good people. We want industry experience. We want people who care about the product. We want people who care about the customer. We want people who care about the industry, the the Second Amendment. We, we, we are a, True blood, you know, true red blooded American company, and um, you know, if 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 you got that kind of will and drive about you, and us all being Southern, we all kind of got that little, you know, that little. <laughs> yeah. Nothing's nothing's good enough. We want to get as good and fast as, as good and, and, and strong as we can, and um, I don't I don't think we'll ever really be. We'll we'll never settle. Um, I don't see that happening. But we yeah we we are going to do everything we can. We'll to always want to be better. I can I add something real fast because this is a very <laughs> microcosmic view of us. This is a very fine, detailed overview of us, right? But if you draw back and look at the bigger picture for a second, let's make a list of firearms companies that manufacture their own guns, put a lifetime warranty on them, and then we'll willingly sell them straight to the consumer. That's a very short list, right? You're not so a lot of companies you're not calling and getting a gun straight from them to you. So the options are you can have a really solid price point that's always competitive with a lifetime warranty on it from the company that makes it, or we could switch to a distribution model where we'll just sell it to dealers only, 
and you can deal with them and hope their inventory meets your needs. Right. There's a balancing act there. Our goal isn't, and we do have dealers. We have people that carry our product in their stores and we love them and we sell to them. Um, and, and then we also sell to the consumer straight through the website. So we think that's a better option. Our idea is, yes, there's bumps and, and scrapes along the way. And, uh, you know, obviously with Chad being here and being as candid as he is, you know, we're, we are who we are, warts and all, as people say. But we would rather learn how to do this model better than to do what everybody else is doing right. and just – you know, fall in line with the pack. Well, so, and, and you got to deal with margin at that point. That's that's yeah. that's one thing. It's worth noting. He just kind of alluded to. It's not um, the reason we are able to sell at the prices we do is because we've yeah. taken out two or three stops along the way. So, right, we know what it costs to acquire and build, and then other companies, not not to name names, but they'll go to a distributor, and then the distributor will go to a maybe even another distributor. It depends on. Then we'll go to a a, a, a local shop. Yeah. In the local shop. Well, there's a percentage along the way. It could be as much, little as 10 and as much as 30 each stop along the way so that everybody in that chain makes a little bit of money. By the time right. if you took a $500 rifle today and I sold it directly to you, that's a $500 rifle. But if I sell it to three other people before it gets to you, it's going to be a $900 rifle. It's just economics. Yeah. Yeah. And um, we don't do that. We literally, I'd love for you guys to come down and do a tour. Um, we cut uppers. They go to an anodizer, they come back, we put them together, we put them in our warehouse, we sell them. It's that simple. And I don't know of anybody, to, to your point, I don't know of anybody else that's doing that. And then selling it for a good price straight to the consumer. Straight to the consumer. So, again, yeah, I mean, you can find it on the shelf in a store at seven ninety nine. <laughs> or you can buy it straight from us for four ninety nine sometimes, and, and we'll always stand by our lifetime warranty. Hey, that's kind of a funny It's another hurdle we have to deal with is uh, from the retail side, I've been on the counter before and had – People walk in and go, hey, I bought this Palmetto State Armory rifle, and it's not working at all. And you go, oh, man, let's fix that. And then you take it from them, and as soon as you look at it, you go, only one part of this is actually ours, and it's a lower <laughs> receiver. you know. And, and then you say, oh, well, where would you buy it? Oh, my buddy Frank knows everything, and he sold it to me. And you go, right on, man. Well, he built it. Frank, yeah, Frank did you. <laughs> no favors here, my friend. Uh, but we have, we've done that. We've replaced gas blocks and, and things of that nature, and you know, maybe a buffer's in the wrong system or something. But we do that because we want to service that rifle. We want to, we're more worried about the reputation and the relationship between, you know, us and, and this shooter than Frank that built the dummy rifle and sold it to his friend who didn't know any better. Right. So there's always that. And again, I'm just saying that to say that's another unique position we find ourselves in where you're not, there's not a lot of gun shops you're going to walk into where they're the company that made the gun and then they're going to service the gun for you. Right. But we do that as best we can. Uh, we try and handle it right then and there. And to Chad's point, that's what keeps the price low. And so it's for the consumer to decide and the consumers are deciding. I'd rather be a little more patient and get a much lower price with a guarantee of quality than to have it tomorrow at a higher price and a limited one year warranty. I would, I would put our warranty uh, up against everybody else's any day of the week. Not that they're not doing as good of work, but our warranty is just as good. And we're just as confident in our product as the high end guys are in theirs. And you said you're up 65%, right? Yeah, our sales this year was astronomical. I, I think that speaks pretty loudly about the choice that's being made. And I, for one, am enjoying the very candid uh, and refreshingly humble uh, view of your company and you sharing what you guys are sharing. I've, I'm finding it 
uh, amazing the the detail and the background that you guys are giving us on it. Uh, <laughs> well, I know. Uh, our mistakes have been so public. Like, if we're going to be real candid, yeah. you know, it's it, it's not like we can lie about it and go, oh, "That never happened." Well, everybody knows that happened, or whatever the case may be. You know, we did we had major hiccups with shipping. Uh, I know two years ago at the holidays, just phone call after phone call after phone call, we were taking about shipping, and there was just a. A, you know, it's a bad time for us. But if if you can't learn from it and stay a little humble, uh, wake up the next day feeling like, okay, what can I learn to be better today at what I do? Then you just die. Uh, that's just the way it is. And so, yeah. fortunately, we were willing to kind of pivot, uh, as all the business people like to say, and find better ways to do things. And so here we are, still standing. Uh, like I said, a couple of bruises from along the way, but we're here. Well, Reed, do you have anything before we jump into some uh, listener questions real I quick? I do. I have a couple more things I want to explore. So, you know, we talked about you starting off as ammunition, then parts, and you made this transition from parts to, I guess, more concrete um, firearms-related items, like selling up receivers, and then you began manufacturing, and you're at the point now where, like, you've got AKs, you've got... Uh, the MP5. These are things that are manufactured by you, right? Mostly. Uh, lumping the MP5 in is a bit um, kind of out of everything. So, so let me answer this way. The PSA5, um, our goal is to have everything happen in-house, okay. which is why it's taking us a little while to get it right. Uh, as we said at SHOT Show last year, and you know, this might be a good time to share this story. So in 2018, we take the PSA 5 to SHOT Show and somebody breaks our prototype. <laughs> and wasn't me. All right. <laughs> and so then that led to discussions. Can we take it to NRA 2018? And just the, the answer was like, was no, no. We got broken at an industry show. And now we have to go back to the, to the drawing board with certain things and, and get it back in working order and, and do the best we can with that. Uh, so it didn't make it to NRA. And then the conversation became, do we take it a shot 2019? How close are we? What are the projections? So consider whatever item it is you're thinking of, of, uh, we're not inventing, but, uh, whatever item you're trying to bring to market and you're really kind of engineering this new product for you. Uh, and you want to get it right, you want to make sure it's right, um, that kind of becomes um, kind of the end goal is do it all in-house, uh, make it the best you can for the best price you can, and that starts to require more patience than than maybe some people are, are happy with, but that's just the way it goes. Well, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but, mm-hmm. you know, certainly when we had the the – incredible demand we had between 08 and i don't know maybe 15 16 yeah sure you've got some real supply issues when it comes to trying to get things in-house finish nobody's more upset that we got stuff out of stock than we are i mean people get upset i'm mad you you, this is always out of stock well believe me if i can sell it to you i want to um but yeah there's supply issues i mean there's the, the market i don't know that I don't know that suppliers were ready for us yeah. in some cases. Yeah. Uh, the amount that we sell, the amount that we push, the amount that we build, the amount that, I mean, people don't, I've had conversations with a couple guys at SHOT Show that's in the industry that are pretty high up in, in their respective company. And they just, when I told them how many we were doing, they just shook their head. I mean, the amount of product that we're pushing through on a daily basis is just 
outstanding. And, right. you know, for us to be able to control our own destiny about four or five years ago, I guess, um, they made a decision that we need to have some of the manufacturing processes in, in, in house and by in house, the, <clears throat> most of the manufacturers are brother sister companies, right? I mean, we're, we're, we're owned by a holding company. Then you have, you know, PSA and STS, DC machine, all the, you know, the other people. Um, so we work with them, not necessarily, they work for us. They have their own, um, their own co- companies, so to speak, but you know, they're owned by one umbrella, which is our, our owner that started PSA. Um, a lot of people don't understand that. I mean, been a little bit too much, too, too deep for you for, to go into. We're all one big family. <laughs> yeah, we're not the, P, the PSA. Yeah, the PSA guys that that ship packages aren't cutting uppers. It's it's a completely different. Yeah, completely different. Um, organization, different, different, different structure, everything. different buildings, different. I mean, they're they're. We have two cutting edge manufacturing facilities. It's an amazing tour. Um, if you're ever down this way, we can take you through. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's we had to be able to control supply and demand for us because at one time who was PSA we'd call an order 500 uppers and they're like ah we got to send these to so and so they're they've been a customer for 15 years right and uh, you run into that thing and you go you know what we we got enough money let's let's make some uppers and do it ourselves and um and and that's really helped us I think get to where we are if if we were still relying on people I'm not sure um I'm not sure if we'd be as big as we are no I mean the price point wouldn't be there yeah, you know, no, because you got to you got to deal with them inflating price. You know, when <clears throat> I'm trying to decide if this analogy works, but if you look at look at the suppressor market, look what happened when suppressor companies were able to convince people yeah. that it was about to be legally easier to buy a suppressor, and then there was the threat of Hillary Clinton being becoming the president. So we're all sleeping, you know, restlessly at night. Uh, but also hoping that, well, we'll get HPA through. This will be a thing. Still well, not an issue. So, yeah, so you create this demand for a product that then isn't there, right? And so now there's suppressors sh- sitting on shelves everywhere and wondering when they can be sold. We have the opposite problem, right, where there's a threat of Hillary Clinton becoming president, and this product might be illegal. So everybody buy it, everybody buy it. Well, you can't make enough to meet the demand, right? right, right. So even in-house – there's not enough aluminum to be forged, right? And so now, like you mentioned earlier, Reed, now the supply issue, like you said, even from your suppliers, I can't. I, I would love to make you that upper, but I can't because they they don't. They literally don't have enough to sell us to forge the the receivers, and that's just an unfortunate. That's just the way that it is. And I hate that because it seems like a shallow answer, but that is the answer. If the, right. if the product can't be supplied to us. How could we possibly make it? So, but at the same uh, now, time, you know, you're you're driving the focus of the company to bring in house things that you can have under your own umbrella. Yes. Well, two years later now, yeah, that. exactly. Yeah, and you're shortening the the path it takes for you to go get your aluminum instead of waiting for some guy to mine it and sell it in blocks to a guy that's going to cut it. You're going to go further up that chain where you're more likely going to get aluminum in a block or you're gonna. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, we're we're actually, do now. We do now. We're actually yeah. forging. Yeah. We have a we have a forge. Yeah. Spartan forging uh, is is right there in line with us. And yeah, we go and and get straight from the guys that are doing it. They're all part of our family, and we're part of their family. And so yeah, my point was that you know this is pre-Trump election, right? right That's right. what I'm saying. That's where the supply started becoming harder 
to get. And now that stuff is settling and we're moving into, yeah, we just, you know, we, now we deal directly with the people who have the aluminum and the forgings and, and all that. Yep. Makes sense. I think that's the way to go, but it's it's certainly a, it's a big, big chunk to swallow for some companies. You have to, it absolutely is. You have to reach a certain size before that makes any sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, We've got a lot of listener questions, and I know that some of them are going to touch on some of the things that I'm interested in. But I believe Go at one it. point, um, and this is just one of them, and I'll let JD, you know, take on the the lion's share of the rest. But FN barrels used to be. Um, I was told at one point that you were the largest consumer of FN barrels. Mm-hmm. Um, where does that relationship stand today? Because we've had some questions about like when you're going to start using them again, and you know things like that. So, what what is the status of those barrels in terms of your u- utilization of them? <clears throat> well, so we we still have a really good relationship with FN. Matter of fact, I was going to check the website while you're talking. I'm pretty sure there's some CHF online now. Um, I know we sold some during the holidays. Yeah, and don't um, forget that we just we just inked a deal. The week of SHOT Show, uh, FN is going to exclusively supply the barrels for our AKE, uh, which should be available around June. But those will all be FN Cold Hammer Forged Barrels, 762 by 39. Um, I'm not – Chad will speak more when he gets his data here uh, pulled up. But There's seven CHF barrels, guns, or uppers online right now. So you still have a good relationship. You still Absolutely. use quite a lot Absolutely. of their products. I mean, we're, we're, na- we're neighbors, right? Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, the thing, the, the thing with CHF, and, and we said this, you know, Jamie and I were joking, it's been probably six months ago, I, this brought up, I'm building a custom series gun. It's going to be based off a three-gun rifle on a PCC. And one of the guns, the AR, the, the billet gun that we're going to do is going to be based off 14.7 CHF barrel, pin and welded. And, uh, you know, it's like, everybody talks about CHF until it's about time to buy CHF, right? Right. Um, most of our customers will spend less money to get our standard nitride barrel or stainless steel barrel or, or whatnot, phosphate. You know, there's a certain stream of people that want to buy that CHF barrel, and we'll certainly supply them, but <clears throat> we do not sell CHF barrels in the numbers that, that we sell anything else. Right. Um, we always want to carry them. They're great. We love FN. I love FN. I'm a big fan of them. When we do the custom series gun, it will have an FN CHF barrel in it. Um, but yeah, I mean, we, we've still got a relationship with them. We go pick them up about once a month off their dock. Um, they're right around the corner from us and, uh, we'll continue to sell them. I mean, like I say, they're, if I'm not mistaken, we are the only company in the U S that they're going to do a CHF AK barrel for it's an exclusive type deal. So as far as I know, so um, yeah, I mean that's that that's generation whatever for I guess it'd be on the on the on the uh, AK. Well, it's a whole new AK. Whole new AK. Yeah, the yeah. AKE will have the FM barrel, uh, and then it's gonna have a nickel boron carrier. So it's pretty slick. It'll and be that, awesome. If that tells you anything on the relationship, I mean they're they're going out of their way to help us, you know. So yeah, we we still. We still love those guys. Well, I think that puts that little Carry one every day. stuff to bed. Yeah, and, 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 and another thing that I want to address, that, that it just happened today. This morning I always get up and check my Facebook, you know, listen, post. They're not seconds. I don't know where that started. Um, <laughs> you know, we, get the le- we get the FN leftovers? Two, well, two things. It, it's we, We're getting there. <laughs> These aren't good enough for battle. Yeah. Those to PSA. Yeah. They're, they're not seconds, and they don't drill gas ports to our spec. You know, that, that, that that's some kind of thing. I don't know. It's some rumor. We we call it. The, the way that works is we say, hey, y'all got any extra, extra barrels? Yeah, we got extra yeah. barrels. How many? 300? Okay, about, we'll buy those. Um, we don't say, hey make the gas ports over gas and, and, and don't give us the good quality ones. Um, 
<laughs> I like that idea. Like FM would be willing to leave their yeah, logo and, on and that. And I'm like, wait a minute. They've got the FM logo on them. Why, right. would, they, why would they let some? I mean, this is the pinnacle of barrel manufacturers in most people's so, so maybe there's a dumpster out beside the, behind the factory with all of the, the barrels just, that didn't pass QC. Yeah. And, Hey, oh, you don't hey, tell hey, our uh, secrets, Reed. Phil, Phil, go on over to the and see what you can off. get out of the what? dumpster. What? I'm, I'm starting no. to get static. I'm starting to get static. <laughs> oh. oh, guys, but we no. said we had to wrap it uh, this time exactly. <laughs> no, they, but they, they really are. I mean, FN's not. It's, it's ridiculous for people to even say that because FN's right. not going to leave their logo on a substandard barrel because at the end of the day, it says FN in the roll mark. So uh-huh. right. um, that, they're literally, you know. The way I understand it, they have barrels left over when they do builds. They have to do a certain number of barrels over to accommodate government contracts. Just in and, case, I'm sure. And whatever they have on the shelf, if, if we need them, they sell them to us. It's the same. I mean, same home builders do that all the time. Oh, yeah. In case you don't know, home builders constantly overbuy and charge somebody. And then they buy 100 units too many just in case. And then when they don't need those, they'll turn to someone else and sell it again. So I'm sure we see, FN, I, in a sense, is, is doing that where, hey, we have to make this many just in case. But if we get to sell these, not to the military, but to, you know, PSA. We'll and do we that. don't mark them up a lot. I mean, it's not that. That's I think that's what, 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 what people, I think people see the price and they'll see a, a let's ex high end guy. He'll mark it up 100%, 120%. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they'll 300. I've seen FNF CHF barrels for $400. Um, we mark them up just based on our standard marking up, you know, markup procedure margin, and uh, we sell them. And if you know people want them, they buy them, and, and they go about their business. But I, I think there's just confusion because we we don't we're not trying to have a hundred points of margin in everything we sell, right? right? I mean, we're we're trying to be we're trying to get the, the stuff out to the consumer, and it, we'll we'll make more in the long run selling in in, in quantity. But you know, it's it's. I, I, that, that's the only thing I can relate to as to why people would think that we're getting seconds and to our specs. I don't, I don't even know what that Let's really is. Let's just talk about not believing everything you read on. Yeah, <laughs> Let's yeah. just talk about that. Yeah, I could. That's what it boils down to. I've got a list. <laughs> well, you know, it's, it's like people talk about their, their experiences on shipping. I've ordered from you guys for years and I've never worried about it. You know, it's going to get here when it's going to get here. Yep. And, you know, yep. there's a reason it's going to get here, you know, day after tomorrow or in two weeks. And, yep. you know, there's nothing that I'm going to be able to do that's going to change that. And, you know, yep. at the end of the day, if I needed it so bad, there are other places I could go where I could have it in an hour. Um, and I'm more interested in, in a good deal or something yeah. that really very seldom ever comes out and rolls across your website more than I've ever seen it somewhere else. I mean, some of the ammunition that I like to buy, I only ever find it on your websites. And so that's where I'll buy it. And, you know, I think it's just kind of like JD said, it's that, what do you call it? The microwave, but it's, you know, microwave mentality. Yeah. It's instant gratification. And it's, uh, it's gotta be a screw job for a, company to have to deal with people that want that when it's impossible but well yeah I, I, let me interrupt there well, yeah, those guys that's, are mostly the ones that just that's the loud the squeaky wheel but for some the, of it's valid though i do i, I do want to say that there are some valid concerns and complaints true. and so i don't want to write everybody off but look yeah like chad was just saying and there's there's always somebody who you know blames us because ups lost a package and can't understand why you, know, you should be shipping another one immediately well, let's just wait and make sure UPS didn't find the package. You know, there are those outliers and all that, but yeah, I appreciate the kind words. That's just 
you know, well, we're trying to find that happy balance of, you know, and we I understand get it cheap that, that you don't want to come down on customers. I, I get that. But the reality is, is that I don't think you could take any one of those customers and tie them to that rocket and expect them to do any better. Yeah. You know, hindsight uh, has many great benefits, but it certainly doesn't allow you to fix what has gone on in the past. It just lets you yeah, see what it was that was wrong. Gotcha. Yeah. Right. The guy walks true. in, he creates a company and perfect timing, perfect environment. And so now he's off like a rocket. You know, how many yep. years did it take him to be able to unbury himself from success to say, okay, well, now I need someone who has more knowledge than I do to come in and fix this thing that I know has been a problem since day one, but I haven't had time to even focus on it because I'm still trying to keep the, you know, the yeah. plating on the side of the rocket so it doesn't explode <laughs> yeah. midair. Just hanging on for dear life. Yeah, right. absolutely. Yep. And here, and here we are. And that's like we touched on earlier. That's what everybody in this organization is trying to do is just do their part to make it better each and every day. Well, and I think that's that the commendable thing. The commendable thing yeah. is, look, you know, I own up to the mistakes. They happened. Here's what I'm going to do to make sure that we try to avoid them in the future. Yeah. No, you're right. You're right. Now, it's the guys that sit there and, you know, sit on their laurels and don't change anything because they're, you know, fat and happy rolling in whatever's coming through the door. And they'll be the ones that will be out of business at some point sooner than they would be otherwise because they didn't fix the problems or they didn't acknowledge them. Adapt to I survive. Think we make incremental changes to something just about every day. Yeah. I think there's constant, there's no, again, we don't settle. I mean, it's, if we see something that's better, you know, there's things I don't even have to run by Jamie because he just automatically assumes we're doing what's right for the company. And we do. I mean, you couldn't have a more dedicated group of people right now. So if there's something that needs to be changed, we, we try it and we do it and we try to execute as, as good as we can. And, and, um, you know, we, because we want to be the best at this. We, this model that we've created, this beast that we've, we've fed, you know, we want it to be the best there is, you know, and, and um, yeah. Just, well, again, we, let me ask you this. If we have, if, if you have a customer now who has a problem, whatever it may be, what is the shortest path for that customer to get a resolution? So right now, the easiest way to do it, I mean, there's several mediums. I mean, we got Facebook, you got RFCOM, AK Files. We, we, we answer all of those forums and we answer all the social media, but to email customer service within right now, we're answering emails on the 13th days, the 15th. So you'd have maybe a 24 to 48 hour window. I think that's acceptable. Um, and most repairs, I looked at the repair log the other day, there was less than 75 guns back there and they were shipping within seven days. So you're looking at a 10 day window. If you email customer service right now, from the time it comes in to the time it goes back out to you based on the situation. Um, you know, if it's something gas issue or, or whatever, you know, those are pretty quick. If you uh, get into a situation where you have to change your serialized lower or something, which is very rare, um, but we do run into that. It could get into a 12 to 14 day time period, but um, our volume to repair ratio is very low. Uh, it has been the last probably year and a half. And it's because we've increased QC. It's because we've increased a lot of the processes that we go through with the armors and whatnot. We're still redefining and getting better at that. But, um, I mean, if you email customer service, the calls, what, what happens with a lot of folks, and I can prove this, and I've had to prove it before, they'll call, they'll email, then they'll email later in the afternoon, <clears throat> then they'll email the next day and email the <clears throat> at lunch break. By the time you have that one issue, you've got six different calls. And if you get you know, five or 600 people doing that, it just kind of clutters up the mailbox and you have to go through and sort it and see how many contacts you've had. 
most people, if they just send one email, they'll get answered within a 48 hour window. And again, I've dealt with some other customer, other gun companies lately. Some of the guns that I use um, for shooting steel challenge and, and you 48 hours is an acceptable rate. I mean, I've went four and five days before people email me back um, and some of the bigger companies. So to answer your question, you know, email customer service, if you don't hear back in 48 hours and then make that phone call, but uh, our email team, we've got a group of people that do nothing but email. We've got a group of people that do nothing but phones. And on Mondays, everybody answers phones because people over the weekend, they'll have issues or have questions or whatever. But Tuesday through Friday, we've got a group of people that all they do is answer emails. And that's typically the best way to get in touch with us. Yeah, that's real simple, too. Just go to palmettostatearmory.com and click right. contact us. And this form will pop up and you just tell us what you need. We're working on um, in, in, uh, creating a chat. Uh, situation too so later on in the year i think it's something that we'll do during our our lower times you can't necessarily do that during the holiday seasons um <laughs> you'd have to have a room full of people but now in, under normal circumstances we'll have that chat window available so you can just kind of click on it like most websites do now yeah. and you can get in touch with a live operator it's going to be called chat with chad yeah. <laughs> right. pop up and like Chad said earlier, he's the face, right? So his little face will come up. Well, it's kind of, hey. you know, it's kind of cool. I do do that from time to time. I mean, I, yeah. especially I'll, I'll search. I'm an AR9 guy. I could write a book at this point on everything not to do, right? <laughs> <laughs> but um, I'm, I'm my favorite, Jamin, he picks on me a lot. I'm, I'm an AR9. That's my, that's my baby. I love it. And I've worked with engineers the most on the 9mm rifle platforms. But sometimes I'll just go into customer service email box and search mm-hmm. for AR9. Yeah. And they'll be, they'll you know, up. 50 or 75 and I'll, you know, they have no idea who they're talking to. It's just Chad W. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but I'll answer questions and, and it helps me understand like the complexity and, and, you know, you, our email questions are going more from, Hey, I got a problem to what works with this. What metal is that? Who does this for you? If I bought this lower, what can I have? It's almost turned into a sales yeah. avenue. Sure. Um, and I mean, you get your returns and whatnot, but I mean, there's some pretty good data that I can extract out of that just by the kind of seeing what people are asking and, and you know, help try to figure out exactly what type of assistance the customer's needing so I can either staff accordingly or, or, or whatever. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I, I actually enjoy doing it. I don't, I get a little downtime sometimes, maybe at lunch or sometimes in the evenings and uh, go through it and see. So if any of your listeners out there, if you see my name come up, I'm, you know, I help everybody equally. So, well, JD, are there been- any other questions that you think the listeners want to have us touch on that we haven't talked about yet? Yeah, we're going to do the lightning round real quick so we oh, can uh, get these guys on their way. Um, so <laughs> what, one of the reoccurring questions is a release time for the MP5 and if it'll be available in 10 millimeter. Okay. <laughs> All right. Next. <laughs> is the ten millimeter part? Is that real? Somebody that, wants to know. Yes. Somebody wants to know the ten millimeter part. I can that's probably funny. say that is not on the radar that's currently. Gonna, that's probably not. That's okay. Right. Uh, so we don't have a firm release date, but we do know that the price point will be between a thousand and twelve hundred dollars, okay. and we believe that by the summer we'll be able to give you a, a better time frame, a more specific time frame. We we want that. We're not we're not doing it on purpose. Not releasing that platform. We want that platform when it comes out to be bug free. Yeah. Okay. Um, we want to we, we want to make sure our suppliers have what they need and they give us what we want. We want to make sure that we've got everything in place. That's not a very easy. I mean, if it was a very easy gun to 
to replicate, I think you'd have more of them out there. Um, we just we want to be cautious with it. We want to make sure we deliver the best product absolutely possible when that thing's released. Well, I guess there's right, nothing worse than doing it wrong and then having everybody base yeah, it for we, months or years. A roll, it's, it's different to us. It's roller law. I mean, there's a lot of things to that, that platform that, that we need to do. And there's a couple of different avenues that we could take. So we when it comes out, it'll be a good product. But we want to make sure that we're doing everything right when we get ready to release it. And that's why we're being cautious with the release. It's, uh, it's also Jamin's favorite gun. It is. So, he, he, no, it's he, true. He, he, the MP5 really is. is his favorite Ooh. gun, and so this is going to be this is a, a passion project in a sense. Uh, I guarantee you, this is going to be the one that uh, really gets all the, the fine detail. He attention. knows the history of yeah. every one of those and the name, <laughs> the stretch, and this. It's true. And the co- it's true. It's his baby. So I mean, it's yeah, it's it's unfortunately well, a, right now for the customers. I know people want it right now, but when it comes out, we'll be able to you know. Well, holding it, it. holding it at Shot Show, I was impressed. I have a uh, TPM Outfitters MP5 SD. Um, I have New Frontier Armory C5 setup. Yep. Um, so I'm looking forward to this when it comes out to adding it to my collection. So I'm looking forward to that. Uh, Jacob wrote in. I believe he bet he better be a dealer with this question. He says, uh, "When the clone comes out, uh, can it be converted to a post sample? And if yes, will it hold up? Do you think to the full auto fire?" That'd be an engineering question. Yeah. I'm not going to give you an answer on that just because I don't know. But I can. We can follow back up with you. Yeah. I mean, okay. I, I don't. I, if you if you email us that question, I'll get back. I mean, there's an engineering team that's got that kind of close to chest, and I can uh, I can get I can get that answered for you. Well, I can't believe that that Jamie hasn't actually uh, made plans to put a uh, fully automatic, yeah. uh, MP, <laughs> you know, uh, yeah. PSA five in the, in the inventory at some point. <laughs> yep. Uh, that I, that would surprise me if we don't. I mean, we own them as a company. Yeah, we've got. We have several uh, full auto MP5s on our ranges yeah, that you can, can rent. Yeah. So I'm sure it's it's in his ear. We need to he, start a company. He is, he is a machine. I mean, he he is a machine gun collector at heart. That's what he loves. I can't answer for him, but I'm sure in the back of his mind, there's like this little giddy kid. Going, hey, <laughs> yeah. I want to make my It'll be, PSA yeah. five. So, yeah, I don't know for 100% sure, but it just it wouldn't surprise me. I want to know what the guy that asked that question does for a living. That's a lot of money. <laughs> That's <laughs> a lot of money. Yeah. Let's see uh, if I can try. I was going to buy a Porsche, but instead, I'm going to make this PSA 5 Fulato. Uh, he's, yeah, well, he's probably got the money to do it. There you go. All right. So uh, this question is from, uh, we touched on it a little bit earlier, so I'm going to ask for Brian. He's asking, uh, could you guys stop removing the prices if something's out of stock? I'd still like to see the prices so I could dream. <laughs> well, we, In there's a perfect a couple, world, but it just yeah. doesn't work that way, unfortunately. <laughs> and, and sometimes we, we don't do that because people say we you know, raise prices and stuff. We typically don't raise prices on anything. Um, we, we usually go down. And, and most of the time we do lower prices. You know, I, I've brought that up a couple of times. It's just not something that we want to do as a, a company right now because it, you put those prices out there and you're, you're set on that price for a certain period of time. Um, I, you know, I'll bring that back up to the powers that be at maybe something we can follow up on. But, um, as of right now, when something goes out of stock, we feel that though is in our best interest just to take that pricing away. And as a manufacturer, you're always uh, welcome to pass on questions. But uh, Mike sure. Zeman writes and uh, says, uh, who makes their rails and who makes their bolt carrier groups? So 
uh, you're always welcome to pass. Yeah, we can't we can't really go into. I will say that about seventy five percent of our rails we're doing now. Yeah. Um, we've we and that's not a secret. That's something I'm not going to give out other industry names. There's some, you know, we got a list of people that we've used and we have used. We got great relationships with, but that's kind of secret sauce to a certain degree. But now our our rails that we create um, on our own, we have no problem with that. Um, our our bolts are sourced from a uh, a major supplier. We don't we we don't actually do those, um, but we do have a really good relationship. If you look on the website with uh, Toolcraft, and uh, we do a lot of stuff with them, our premium bolts, um, a lot of times are the Toolcraft bolts, and then we sell their Toolcraft branded bolts. So um, the other you know a couple other suppliers out there we don't want to really get into, but yeah they. When you um, get into a relationship with a supplier for something like that, do you say, this is what I want it to look like, this is what I want it to be able to do, this is a feature, a function, a material, or do you say, I need to buy 100 of these, uh, what do you have? Uh, I mean, it, basically, we're just buying mil, you know, like bolts. We buy, buy a mil-spec bolt. It's either going to be mag phosphate or, or um, nitride. We're trying to go more towards nitride now because there was an issue, I don't know if anybody of your listeners got them, they talked about it but there was a crystalline finished phosphate that came out that actually the military wanted to use and it was to keep uh lubrication deeper inside the bolt it the, the, looked very porous it, it looked it looked it looked like sandpaper yeah. to be honest with you i saw it and was like oh what what is this and we started doing some research and it was actually a, a call from the military to do they wanted a heavy phosphate crystalline finish so it would absorb oil a little bit better but the problem with the, the consumers are and it's not necessarily a problem it's what we trained them when you go to a manufacturer and you pick up any gun on the shelf, you see a nice shiny nitride bolt. Nice and slick. Everybody, slick parts guns, you know. But, you know, the military guns, if you look at those, they, they were shipping with those crystalline phosphate bolts. But, uh, you know, I, we don't really, we don't we don't define what kind of spec we want on a certain bolt. I mean, it's a, it's a mil-spec bolt, full auto carrier groups what we typically get. Um, but, I mean, we don't change what the manufacturers are doing. We just say, hey, you know, we want, X amount of bolts over this period of time, and that's what we buy. The rails we we at one time were purchasing whatever was <clears throat> available, and, and now we've got a um, a group of guys that are like myself. I help design a couple of them, you know, put, had some input on them. You know, we want them to be. You look at the generations of rails. You go back to like what let's say as early as two thousand four quad rails, the big quad yeah. rails, you yeah. know, mm-hmm. um, just crazy bulky and had the four picks on them and that kind of thing and. You kind of look at the, the where we're at today, and everybody wants slim line, quarter pick front, quarter pick back. You know, M lock with a lightweight, lightweight. Um, some of them just a little bit increase in size, so you can tuck a, a suppressor. So we do have some input on that kind of thing. But as far as the, the specification as design, you know, for the, most of the internal components, we don't. We just consume what what's what's already readily available until you get into some specialty guns. I mean, yeah. but for Our, the most uh, part. Our next question is from Tim. You guys got a good HR department, good health benefits and stuff, intervention, things like that? Yeah. Tim Tim may need that stuff extended to him. He says, uh, why is there daily email to me like crack? Uh, I can't say no to sales. So, uh Sorry, you know, not sorry. Yeah, I, I figured. Well, I, you're I mean, I, yeah, I, I call the uh, working there is like going to church. Every every second Friday, we have to give fifteen percent. That's right. <laughs> it's funny. There is a life cycle of PSA employees, and here's how it works: when you start here, you don't make any money, right? You go you go in the red uh, because you've got this employee discount, and you're buying all your fun stuff. Uh, then you got to spend about a year here, and you kind of plateau. 
And every now and then you go red, but mostly you're making money. You know, you're actually able to keep your check. I've been here two years and I've got stuff on the counter. I'm waiting to check out. when we All <laughs> right. See, <laughs> but, but I'm saying for the most part, though, you're in the positive right now. But then then you can always tell if somebody's taking a different job because they go back way into the red. And they start buying up again because they're the discounts ending soon. And, just, and then they're out. So, yeah, sorry about that. Uh, you said Tim was his name. Uh, yeah, Tim. Sorry, but not sorry, man. Probably need to, I mean, it it'd be worse if we just handed Tim a 10% coupon code after this, right? <laughs> yeah, we'd probably do that. <laughs> we'll get Tim a 10% coupon code. Well, and Jim asked next, he said, how much for a complete upper with a seven and a half inch barrel? And uh, Patrick, Jim, and uh, <laughs> Chris all jumped in and said, uh, hey, guy, man, <laughs> you can go to their website uh, or get their daily em- email that has one of those in it. I, I hope he's making a joke. Yeah, because it is. I mean, there's you know, only 100 options online sometimes, so it's yeah, hard to so, know exactly which one. So palmettostatearmory.com, you can That's find right. that there, buddy. Yeah. Uh, Jared asks, um, uh, why don't we see, uh, one in eight twist five, five, six barrels from you guys anymore? I didn't search the site seeing that. I don't know if that's a thing or if it's not. Uh, I don't know that it's, uh, I don't know that it was intentional. Superfluous as he'd want it to be, but it is definitely, uh, not the norm, meaning that just, that's a, again, a supply and demand issue. I mean, I, the gun community is so hard because there's so many outliers, right? We all have, the one thing we think will make it better. It, mid-length gas system was the hot item for a little while. I won't buy any other length gas system, mid-length only. Yeah. And there's great arguments on both sides of that, right? Uh, and now the twist rate has kind of become that, especially uh, with 224 Valkyrie. Uh, you talk to Federal, you talk to the engineers, which I've personally done, at Federal, who developed the round, and they will tell you all day, every day, 171717. But then there just became this push, this wave of people, one six, one six, one six. Yeah, one six and a half and all that. Either way you slice it, it's not anybody's right or wrong. It's just a strong preference for one or the other. And uh, on our end, what we hear more demand for is the one seven twist. Yeah. And so it's not that we we hate one eight or we're never going to do it again or anything like that. It's just a matter of, as, as we've said multiple times now, we can sell as many of the one sevens as we can make. And so that's what we're focused on. That's you know, all it it's, it's not, it's not worth stopping production on thousands of barrels to do something that's going to sell, you know, maybe 500 yeah. a month or something. Right. It's just, you know, I think for me, I'm, I'm trying to carry the, the banner for, uh, the oh, my 57 goodness. SIG. That, that's, that's <laughs> I, I, little pet crusade. I'm not uh, trying to get that in as many pistol caliber carbines. And, you know, I'd, I'd say you need to go 357 SIG before you go 10 millimeter on the PSA 5. But that's just 357 SIG. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I was like that. I was, I was like that over the 45 GAP one time. And, uh, <laughs> So he's a great. Story. I got in a support group, got help, and went back to a regular. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Chad loves his uh, Smith and Wesson forty-five gap. <laughs> <laughs> well, Bobby's up next. Um, he asked. Hey, Bobby. Uh, he he also was asking about the MP5. We covered that, but uh, wanted to uh, put a bug in here for another uh, five seven ammo sale again. Would like to see one of those pop up. You got it. I'm sure guys that's coming. It. Yeah. I, I would too. We, we five seven is a little tough, um, but we are working on a supply for that. Man, you talk about selling as much as you can get your hands on. Yeah. That is a prime example. You know, I have uh, to tell you that it was ammunition that that ultimately cemented my love affair with Palmetto State, and it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, 45 caliber uh, long colt 
and everybody was selling it for 40 bucks a box and i think i got it from you guys for 15 dollars a box some clearance deal and it was like i bought as many as i could afford to buy without my wife divorcing me (laughs) (laughs) well thanks (laughs) and that was that was it after that i was hooked my kids eat well because of you reed we appreciate it it wasn't because of fifteen dollars forty five. Uh, Chris is up next. Chris, we took part of your uh, first question, I think, uh, in depth. Uh, second part, um, he asked, "What is the one product that you guys sell that you don't think gets enough credit or publicity?" Oh, that's a good question. Uh, so you, give, you give your impression. I'll give mine. All right. Um, that is a great question. The one product that doesn't get enough credit. Or publicity, right? Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say, I think probably our AK. That's that's what I was. Yeah, that's what I thought you was gonna say. Um, yeah, I'm gonna, especially now. I mean, great guns. We have the only AK that's gone all nine rounds with AK Operator Union, right? We passed the five thousand round torture test. Robski tried Uh, to kill it. He did, and. now we, we're on to uh, a couple of improvements onto that platform. We've got our GF3 out there. That's a uh, forged uh, front trunnion bolt and carrier. Uh, and, and then just, you know, our standard lifetime warranty. Uh, that's the quick pitch on it. And so you can get that thing for $5.99, Mokob edition. Um, I think that is probably the most underrated item we have. Um, and I'm really, I mean, I'm an FN fanboy. So I, I carry a 509 every day, full disclosure. So I'm an effing guy. Uh, but I'm really, I believe firmly that that enhanced AK comes out in the summer with the AK barrel. Uh, and we're going to have one of the finest American made AKs out there for sub a thousand dollars. That's not a seconds 509, right? I mean, it's. But those those second, barrels aren't no. seconds, right? <laughs> those barrels aren't scrap, were they? <laughs> oh, 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 I see what you're saying. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I actually uh, bought mine from FN at their pro shop in Columbia just for the experience of it. And they said, oh, do you work at PSA? I said, yeah. And they pulled one from underneath a grinder of some sort. <laughs> <laughs> Not really. Not really. They were actually very kind. They're, they're great people, man. It's yeah, a great company. Are. But anyway, uh, I'm an FN fan, and I want to say that because uh, that and uh, – the AK, I think, is going to give us one of the finest. I mean, you can obviously you can buy a very high end, hand built American AK from some great companies, but I think to get one at a solid price point um, is a bit difficult. And I think we're gonna we're gonna have the best in the business for the price uh, once it gets. It'll here. definitely be one of the better American made. There's no mm-hmm. doubt about it. Um, yeah. I think we're already there. Uh, but you yeah. had that FN barrel. That's just the cherry on top, man. I'm excited Absolutely. about that. Uh, Joe writes in, says, uh, he's been trying to get a hold of, uh, AR 10 lowers to your site. Any reason for the scarcity on those? They were up this morning. I would blame, I would blame six, five. <laughs> I really would. Uh, I would bet that a, a lot of our AR 10 lower production is probably, and this, this is not data back. This is just Chris's opinion from, uh, looking around is, uh, I bet a lot of them are going into the six fives and then into well, four got, rifles as well. We've but. got a, um, PSA Gen 2 PA 10 ACS LEPT lower for 209. Is he talking? Here's another, this is another way this can get tricky. Uh, there's built out lowers on our site as a habit, but he might be asking just stripped. stripped. Yeah. We haven't done that recently. Yeah. So it's, now you can be, you can get the built out lower with APT for $210. So. 
Hmm. There you um, go. Stripped. I haven't seen a strip in a while. If that's what he's referring to. Yeah. So his question would be, why hasn't he seen a strip lower? Yeah. Well, well, honestly, the build out lower sell better. Hmm. I mean, if you everything everything we do is kind of you look at it and say what's the best seller and um, our lower builds are, are are better. I would assume in that that PA series. So it's not that they won't be available again in the future. It's yeah. just not right now, unfortunately. Right. Okay. Uh, Joseph writes in, says, uh, I have one of the PX-10 rifles. Uh, will there be any more calibers available in that line? Also, uh, will any other 308 AR barrels work with those rifles? The PX-10 308 rifle is awesome. I'm glad to hear it's awesome. It's an entirely proprietary platform, uh, and I don't think there's any immediate plans to do different calibers. I don't, I don't have. So he's not going to be able to bring other. I mean, on a 308 barrel, he'd, he'd have to check with the barrel manufacturer, but... Uh, that's an entirely just that is it, it's, its own beast, uh, and I couldn't tell you straight up every other thing that's going to interchange with it because of that reason. I can that upper is built for that lower. And yeah, we could we could take that to the engineers too. I, I'm pretty sure the barrels are any three hundred eight barrel. Three hundred eight barrel. Yeah. Um, the issues the upper, the lower, yeah. the rest of the gun. Um, but we are not going to introduce those in anything other than three hundred eight right now. Um, this one is from Lee. And I only read this because my co-host um, ask if they are possibly interested in a 350, 357 SIG pistol carbine uh, with iron sights, of course. Please well, we know, no. we know we'd sell two. And then, and then it stopped. I'd uh, buy at least five. I, I'm never <laughs> – listen, I'm never going to tell you we're not doing something, right? Because we tend to dip our toe in every bit of the water we can. That one's not on the That radar. is not – yeah, that's not on the short list of things coming. If you go it's to – not even on the long list. <laughs> uh, if you go to palmettostatearmory.com slash blog, there's a um, big board preview uh, post there. And that shows all the you know, quote unquote big bores we're working towards. And then at the very bottom of that post, there's a line about the AR 15 platforms we're working towards as well. Uh, that is the next list of things to do. 458 SOCOM. Uh, there's Bushmasters on the way. Um, what else? AK 74. Um, KS 74. KS 74. But in the AR 15 platform. So 458. That's it, yeah. So there's things coming. That's just not on the list is yeah. what I'm going to say. But it's not entirely impossible. Just All a right. couple more and then so we'll – there's uh, hope. There's hope. Yeah. yeah. There's, there's hope. Sure. <laughs> just a couple so more So you're questions. telling me there is a chance. Yeah. Has, anybody, I mean, do you know, has, has anybody made a 357 SIG barrel? I mean, have you, have you researched to see? I've never – yeah, I've actually got two pistol caliber carbines in uh, 357 SIG. One's an oh. SBR. One's a 16-inch barrel from uh, both. Both uh, from old, SIG, old, right? No, because no. SIG believes so much in the caliber that they're obviously pushing out PCCs <laughs> to accommodate it, right? No, no. Right, Reed. Reed, right. <laughs> I'm, I'm telling you, I'm I am the flag bearer. I, I'm the only one I think that's it's, it's barking about the 357 SIG from the mountaintop, and it's lonely no, and cold up here. So <laughs> we get the 10 oh, millimeter guys mil. all the time. 10 mil is a big, a big ask. Yeah, yeah. But, but competitive no. shooters. <laughs> so I we just never, I would couple. never shoot that gun as a competitive. <laughs> 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 I'd make a 380 before I'd make a 10 millimeter. <laughs> Uh, what else you got, JD? So just a couple more, and then we'll wrap up, guys. Uh, Nick writes in: Any plans to expand storefronts outside of South Carolina? Not right now. I mean, it's something that could happen. Dallas um, is a good market. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, Dallas would be awesome. I could see, you know, maybe in the future, maybe hitting some of the high, you know, like high tourist areas and whatnot. But to, as of today, um, from a retail standpoint, we're kind of we're, we're, we're very comfortable in South Carolina. We do a lot of South Carolina business. We're learning that business. The retail side, we're getting a lot better at it, but uh, you know, we want to perfect it before I think we move outside the state. Um, and and you know, it's the, the retail stores; they represent a small portion of our revenue. Uh, most of our resources are, are tied up to the web. Um, but we, when we do a retail location, we want it to be fun and exciting, and a, a give back to the consumer. And we want to be able to have product in the stores as readily available and that kind of thing. And we're just our focus right now. And the footprint of getting our product out is 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 the web, um, and then our local. We're a South Carolina company, so of course we're going to put South Carolina locations throughout. But I'm not saying it's we're never going to do it. I'm just saying, in the, if if you were to look at a two term two year plan, it's not something that we're focused on right now. So same answer as the 357 sig. Yeah, but we'll, we'll release that stores. in. We'll release those in the Dallas store. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm going to be at the uh, front of the line. <laughs> the the one person line. Yep. You know, there's, yeah. there's a lot of work behind opening a gun shop in other states. When you really think about it, I mean, the compliance issues there, I mean, they're extravagant. You'd have to have an entire department just dedicated to knowing what the, the laws of our, of that specific state are. I mean, oh, we're in South Carolina. This is Texas. And it's easy here. <laughs> Texas, I'm sure, is easy, uh, but just north of us in North Carolina, you have to have a permit just to shop for a handgun. You got to get approved to shop for the handgun, and you got to buy within a five day window with that permit. So, I mean, it can get real sticky and tricky just you know with neighboring states. So, well, that's not got, an easy proposition. We got open carry and drive through beer barns. I like you guys, man. <laughs> I like that. All right. Um, with the uh, Hector writes in. Uh, in the addition to the PSA AK line, is there any plans to expand the line to include the original Galil or anything like that? There, there's been some ideas of other platforms, but it, nothing that's immediate. Um, and they'll be updated on the blog as as they come to yeah. fruition. Yeah. Um, the AKP, the AKV, um, the AKE, which you got the pistol, the VizJazz, and the Enhanced are the next three that we'll work on. Not to say that. That'll never happen because um, we do, from time to time, come up with ideas and, and, and we kick it out. But we've got we're, what we're trying to do is focus on a small number of platforms one at a time, perfect it, and then move to the next. And uh, none of those platforms are on the immediate release list, but that doesn't mean that they're never going to be there. Well, those are um, like cult following items, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, sure. you got to be careful, you know, with the AK stuff too. Um, there's zero opportunity for any mistakes. Like the, the guys at the, the AK enthusiast really love the AK and they want them to be perfect. And I imagine that those platforms will be the same way. So we're cautious when we introduce a new one. Um, we want to be sure that when it goes out, it's got our name on it. It's going to be the best that we could possibly make it. Um, just because we understand what that community's expectations are. If that, if that makes yeah, sense. I always thought that the AK was designed so that it didn't have to be perfect and it would still exactly. do its job. You know, isn't that the level that you can yeah. you can buy at most any third world <laughs> you know gun okay. market? In the, you buy one in the bazaar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Buy one at a bazaar for fifteen okay. bucks. If if you if you spend any time on the AK form or file, you know, the AK <laughs> file site or anything like that, you understand that there is a a, a, a very 
the enthusiasm, loyal. yeah, enthusiasm and loyalty and and perfection of that platform is is a lot more than I thought. I'm not a big AK guy right now. I mean, it's just not something I've ever spent a lot of time shooting. I love them. I think they're beautiful. Well, the ones we've got um, are, are gorgeous rifles. I just don't know enough about them, you know, to to, uh, to have that enthusiasm that these guys share. But I've read some of the posts, and they're just it's it's a uh, it's a very unique platform. And and we're caught like again, we're 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 cautious when we release other types of platforms like that because we want it to be as close to perfect as we possibly can to release it. Well, to, I uh, really understand that. To make Chad feel better, I do like to crack people when they come into the stores. I'll work the counter every now and then just to say hey and see what's going on. And uh, when people ask for an AK, I do like to tease them because ours sit, we can sit our PSA AKs right next to our ARs. I go, you got any AKs? I say, of course. Or you can buy a weapon that's actually provided freedom in the world and not just oppressed. So all I'm saying is Chad is a true patriot and that's why yeah. the AK has no place in his mind. <laughs> we, we, we I'm a former that. Marine. So for me, the, the AK were the ones who were just held by the communists. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, right? Yeah, it is such a fun gun. And, you know, Reed, your point is proven. There's a great, I think it's a Larry Vickers video of him shooting an AK and you can watch the piston like go all around the clock. You know what I'm saying? Like just, and it's like, don't worry though. It'll still do what it's supposed to do. But that, right, right. that gun, like you said, it is designed to be sloppy and still work. It's they're, an amazing, they're, amazing platform. Yeah. Yeah. They're the 1911 of the com block, I guess. Yeah. Whatever. In a sense. But. Next anyway. up is uh, Daryl, and uh, he asked the simple question: shipping to Canada? Yeah, I don't know. No. Yeah, no, we don't go outside the states. Yeah, it's a lot, lot, a lot more work than now. We uh, is is anything we point, sell legal in Canada? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, yeah you got to get through these. So I had a conversation <laughs> at Shot Show, and uh, there there's a guy that we were supposed to meet with, and I'm I pushed it off till next week. But there's a guy that we're supposed to meet with that could possibly be bringing PSA into the Canadian market, um, but. It, it will not be through PSA directly. It would it would be through a reseller. But yes, there is some that are legal. Um, but no, we're not going to ship there. Not not no. straight from the website. No, no, not from the website. But maybe we'll. <laughs> so what we're saying is, sounds to me like because this is the first time hearing export it, issue. Sounds like uh, maybe eventually you'll be able to buy locally in Canada yeah, in certain spots. Possible. We're not going to be able to ship to. Yeah, Port, yeah, and you know, quite frankly, Puerto Rico is a, a bit of, of the same beast. We, we get a lot of questions about. You know, Puerto Rico is a free state and it's, you know, they consider themselves somewhat part of the U.S. Why can't you ship to us? Uh, and we will, but man, there's the, the legal loopholes yeah. of all that. Like you have to be approved. You have to pay freight shipping. Oh, it's just not, it's not a good situation for them. No, so it's not. We'd love so to be able to- maybe we'll suggest to our listeners that they should buy a lot from you and like see if they can drive across the border. <laughs> I would maybe love we to see to, what was the gentleman's name from Canada? Uh, Daryl. Daryl, listen, if you can let me get, uh, where I can watch Justin Trudeau's face while that gun crosses the border, <laughs> I will do everything in my power to get you one, my friend. All right. That's all I ask face to face. He would melt. Uh, I think he would. <laughs> I think I'd be a lot would. of crying. I'm sure. <laughs> be a lot of crying. Well, gentlemen, that is uh, that wraps up our questions. I know I told you on the phone it'd be about an hour, and we've uh, pretty much we've uh, we've doubled. The lies continue. <laughs> well, well we kind of we kind of got to take one on the chin since we put him off. Well, yeah. somebody put him off for, for four. Yeah, we wanted to give you an hour for every year we told you to come on. <laughs> All right, let's did. go. <laughs> so we're gonna owe you a whole other one of these. 
No, I'm we're glad it, to do it. Thanks for having us. It has been a very, uh, uh, like I said before, uh, refreshingly to, to watch how you guys have addressed the, the problems that, uh, Palmetto's had in the past and the steps that you guys have taken to correct it. When, uh, companies own that stuff and to watch the growth that comes out of it, that's exciting to watch to see, uh, where you guys have come out of that and also where you're going to go in the future. And Thank also you. haters, are the loudest and they're also the smallest amount of people out there. So, uh, if you got, you know, you know, we had, you saw the comments on the page and the, uh, most probably 15 of them had to do with shipping yeah. out of yeah. a total of about 45 of them out of about 2,600 or 4,600 that are on that page. So that shows you a sample size of that. So the squeaky wheel always yells loudest, but those that are content, uh, tend not to say anything. They just kind of, well, and, so. and I'll, I'll let your listeners know that's something that I'm working on personally. Um, again, we're doing an upgrade. We're going to focus on that over the next year. Um, my goal was pretty lofty, um, but we want to double what we were capable of doing this year. So um, I don't want anybody out there to think it's not something that we don't know or we don't hear them. Um, we're going to spend a lot of time this year. We're going to make we're going to make that situation as best as we possibly can. And um, it's not something that we're you know we're not settled. On, on what we're doing right now. We want to get bigger and better and faster and, and make people as happy as we can. So just bear with me a little bit. You know, if you're seeing any issues currently that go beyond like a five day period, then, you know, welcome to reach out to me. I'm on Facebook, uh, reach out through you. You guys can forward them on. I'll join your page on Facebook. Um, you know, I, I want to, I want to commit to them that that's, that's something that I'm looking at personally and I want it to be as best as it can be. You know, I think, for me, I just want to have you guys send me the email about all the awesome things a little bit earlier than everybody else. <laughs> I'm, I am always late to the party. You know, Sometimes. I get the email and I show up and it's like out of stock, out of stock, out of stock, out of stock. Yeah, that's unfortunate. We would love for that to be a little bit better too. <laughs> yeah, believe me. But, you know, if you saw the size of our email blast uh, subscriber list, it's pretty phenomenal. It's really big. Uh, oh, I'm sure so, it is. I'm it's, on there like three or four times. Yeah, we're working. We're working. <laughs> but yeah, and you know, just to just to compliment what Chad said, uh, we're all over the place now, and and we recognize it wasn't. Uh, it was only recently that we started utilizing social media as well as a channel where you could reach out to us directly. So if, if ever there's an issue of any sort, it is a hundred percent lifetime warranty on all of our products. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and just say, Hey, here's the issue we're having. Candidly, a uh, majority of the time, I'm going to point you to the website and tell you to shoot a message to customer service that way. But if there's something specific and I can try and help, I will. So uh, just find us. We're all over the place. Uh, Palmetto State Armory official tends to be the handle you can find us under. And uh, and we'll get back to you usually pretty quick and, and make sure we resolve it as best we can. Awesome. So what's your, what's hey. your um, warranty policy on um, uh, ammunition that um, lost the lead and has dented primers? Well, <laughs> take that up with the person who made the ammo. We do, a, we we are, a, you know, we do get returns back on, yeah. on damaged ammo from time to time. It, it, uh, you know, if it's something that happens, we can either work with UPS to get a claim. Oh, is that we? Oh, okay, yeah. I'm sorry, I misunderstood the question. Sorry. Oh no, I so it's like damaged, damaged in shipping, or just that I fired. But you know, that's yeah. Oh, that's oh, what oh, I was oh, not oh, even oh, saying. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. Yeah. No, you can keep that <laughs> missing lead, dented primers. Oh, yeah. missing lead, dented primers. Yeah. I got, I got you. I was okay. I'm sorry. Take that up with federal. Yeah. <laughs> 
Well, guys, we really appreciate it. And, you know, we'd love to have you back on uh, anytime. So you let us you know. You tell us. Talk to him. Um, J.D., why don't we wrap it up and uh, let Palmetto State get back to the business of making awesome uh, firearms components and uh, great deals and uh, making uh, AR-15 podcast listeners happy. And uh, then we'll get on with the rest of our day. That sounds good. You can email us through the website, ar-15podcast.com. That's where you can also support us through Patreon. Sign up for the Aero Precision Rifle Giveaway. That's ar-15podcast.com. Follow us on Instagram, at ar-15podcast. Join the discussion at our Facebook page, ar-15, uh, ar-15 there at Facebook. And uh, that's about it for the uh, end of the show here. Uh, I think we had a great conversation today. I think uh, we went about two hours, so... I hope your commute. I hope your commute's long this week as you uh, enjoy this one. All right. Well, listeners, we'll be back soon, and uh, have yourself a great week. This has been a production of the Firearms Radio Network. You can find more information at firearmsradio.tv.